Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, and I will be the first to admit that for the second time in the show's history, I didn't properly press record. And so we are going through a lot of what we've talked to for the second go around, but we're nice and warmed up. We are like ready. Um, We've rehearsed. We are acclimated to each other's essence. That was a word that I used in the last appearance of Samaj, (laughs) my guest for today. And just before I turn the table over to you, um, anybody that is tuning into this, Samaj is a return guest. He's been on the show for episode 128 for June 9th, 2020. He's been a guest host for the show for episode 140, August 24th, 2020. And without further ado, I bring you Smosh Hunter here for episode 202. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, man. I, you know what? The second time around feels even better than the first time around. So, hey, any anytime I get to spend with you is a great time. Like, I enjoy it. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, I was just so much more fired up for this go around because I think I was like more awake. Um, so we we kind of got acquainted with where you've been in. So I'm going to be a lot more efficient with with the questions that I ask. But first of all, just to kind of get everybody else up to speed. How is your day going today? Like what is one thing my friend Mark Zaret always says this. What is one thing that has made you happy in the last two weeks? Oh, dude, um, environment like my my environment. I'm a big believer in trying to con- trying to have as much influence or control over an environment as possible. And just where I am in the world right now, like feels really good. Like waking up with the sun feels really good. I'm sure it's the same sun that's in New England, but it feels different. Um, Waking up to like the space to opportunity. Like, yeah, just my, my overall environment feels really good. The apartment that I'm in, my workstation, like all of it. I love it. And so you are on the road right now, and we were talking about it a bit before, but just to bring the audience up to speed, um, based on where you were before, when you were last on the show, and where you are now, what has been the journey like um, from point A to point B kind of thing? Yeah. Um, on on the road is is an interesting way to put it, because I'm never fully in a location. Like, I'm, I, I aim to be semi-location independent. So right now I am in um, Querétaro, Mexico. Um, for those who don't know, it's about three hours north of Mexico City, central Mexico. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely loving it. Like it's it's a different space, very much so out of my element in terms of language um, and in terms of like some of the, the, the norms that are here, um, but a learning experience nonetheless and an amazing time. Yeah. I like that. And I mean, we were talking a bit before the episode about like what sort of stimulated the move, what inspired it. Um, and I kind of want to touch base on 
like the the moment that you made the choice that you're going to 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 do the thing essentially yeah um i mean what stimulated the move this time it's it's already it's been stimulated right i i again like i really value being location independent so where i am in the world i feel like should be my choice um you know the whole idea of a world citizen versus a citizen of a, a just a single place right um so i mean the last time we spoke we talked about travel a bit and and like that like going to to asia being in europe things like that this is really just an extension of that uh, covid kind of put a put a pause on everything and i mean it was definitely a needed pause i think i needed to reassess like well how did i want to to approach work um how you know did i want to approach my day-to-day just overall like confidence in myself and my ability to actually like live this particular lifestyle that i've chosen um this time around i think we we were we had adopted a dog at the beginning of covid and we were kind of stuck per se in a location for a period of time so it gave us a lot of time to think about well what does the world have to offer us? What are our options? And we, we decided that flying, you know, around with the dog probably wasn't the best thing for her. So where could we drive to? She loves the car. Like where, where could we get to? And when I looked like all the way North and all the way South, like you can get pretty far North granted, like in a car, you hit snow, like pretty quickly, right. Coming from the Northeast. Um, but I mean, I can, I think the furthest South I can get is, is somewhere past Costa Rica. I don't remember like where that land bridge starts um, starts and stops, but you can get pretty far. So we, we looked at Mexico, like Mexico is probably, you know, it's the biggest, one of the biggest places like in Central America. Um, what's there? We hadn't really looked into it before, hadn't really re- researched it. And when I looked more into it, it just seemed like a no brainer. Like, let's start there. It's close, it's close to family. Like it's an easy flight over. Um, for anyone who's super concerned about where we are, they can always come visit. Uh, but it's also, again, out of our element and it's an environment that we were able to control just a little bit more. Like on that pursuit of happiness, like it made sense that like we could find happiness there. Um, granted, like happiness is, I think is something that we create, but how, you know, how do we create it? I think, you know, our environments are a super big part of that. So yeah, yeah. So the it, it sparked probably the beginning of, beginning of, middle of last year, beginning of this year, I was like, yeah, this is definitely going to be a thing that we're going to do. Well, I mean, this past period of time gave people a lot of space to ruminate on things, to really like think about like, what, what do we want from life? What tests us? What helps us grow? What environment do we need? Um, Were there any resources or books that you kind of dove into during this past period of time? Yeah. I mean, my biggest resource is people. Um, I'm not one that's shy. Like once, once I know who you are, I'm going to try to talk to you. Um, heads of the field, like I've probably gotten a message from me at least once if like I follow their stuff, like friends on Instagram. Like I have friends in our field that we've never met in person. And I'm sure like COVID has done that for a lot of us. I mean, we've had a relationship for probably the last like almost two years now and we've never actually met in person. Yeah. Right. Um, so the, that's kind of the norm at this point. So I very much so looked into people like who was doing it. And I, I forgot who said it to me. It was, uh, I think it was one of like my college mentors who said like, if you want to do something, go find out who's doing it. Cause someone's doing it. Right. And so I just started searching, like who is venturing 
through different areas, like who's traveling, who is location independent, who's doing it and working, you know, various uh, independent jobs versus working for corporations. And I found a lot of people like in Mexico who had just very positive things to say for traveling through Mexico. I was able to, to reach out and have like uh, one-on-one conversations with those people. And, and they made it more real for me. It was like, oh, it's, it's not just a, an idea. It's not just a dream. It's, it's a, you know, a possibility that, you know, there are steps that you can take to, to make it manageable and easy and you can definitely do it. So. I really like that you outlined that because that's a big part of the podcast. Like if a person's really paying attention, they can almost see what's going through my brain based on the conversations and the guests. And like, I'm just answering my own questions and everybody else is along for the ride kind of thing. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, it is so true. If you want to do something, if you find people who are already doing it, you might, you're probably not going to do it the exact same way, but you're going to learn some things and you're going to get, much needed perspective and insight. Um, what were some things that kind of stood out to you as you were making these connections and new friendships and having these conversations? Um, well, I mean, one of the biggest things was that there's this perception of of Mexico and at least the United States that it's, I don't know, poor. Um, that there aren't opportunities here, that it's dangerous. And not to say that there isn't danger and there isn't poverty and there aren't people who lack opportunities, but I think that's the case for anywhere you go, right? In the United States, that's true. Um, in the, like in, in Canada, I'm sure that's also true. In, in Mexico, that's definitely true. Um, but there's so much more than that. Like there's it's a place full of culture it's a place full of opportunity it's a place full of of business and growth and and love and connection and there's there's so much nuance to it um there are people that absolutely love being here and could see themselves nowhere else so there has to be something you know that i was missing out on and when i spoke to those people i was able to see that i was able to see like where they found those things that that they were looking for that they didn't necessarily find where they were coming from um and so, yeah, it was, it's been really cool, like seeing it for myself and not just, you know, leaning on the the ideas of of what, you know, the media has to say or or what people just think based on secondhand conversations. Yeah, well, I like that. Um, earlier in our conversation, you mentioned like how far north you could go and I got excited because Canada would you ever travel to Canada? That's something I wonder about a lot of my American guests. I'm like, hey, like I mm-hmm. talk about going to the US. Do any Americans ever think they'll make their way to like Edmonton or even Alberta? Dude, yeah, absolutely. Um, would I drive? Probably not. I'd fly. <laughs> um, yeah, so dude, I've, I've thought about that for, for a bit, actually, like coming up your way and like hanging out for a bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely in my, in, my, in my book of things to do. I've been to Montreal. Um, I have some friends that are from there and uh, they had a, their wedding was there. Yeah. Um, and so like we, we went up there for a little bit, but outside of that, I haven't been to, I haven't been to anywhere else in Canada. So I'd, I'd love to kind of check it out. I hear like, as you go through it, it changes a lot. It becomes very different. Oh, it's like night and day different. Like to put things into perspective, the furthest east that I have like actually traveled to, not like a connecting flight, has been uh, Saskatchewan. 
And so that's mm. like half the country. Like I've, I've just been to one half side of Canada. Um, then the, the other half of it, I've never even been, like, I haven't been to, um, Manitoba or I've, mm -hmm. I've been to connecting flights, like stopped in Toronto, stopped in Ottawa, but never actually like explored the city. I haven't been to Quebec. I haven't been to the Maritimes. I haven't been to the Northwest territories or any of the territories. So it's just like, um, it's crazy how much is in our own backyard that is yet to be discovered. And even as we extend across different continents where we're like taking for granted what our human experience could be and realize like not realizing that just the tiniest incremental change could make a huge difference. Like for you going to the next country down kind of thing could make a dramatic difference in your day to day with the exact same work that you might be able to do in the U S kind of thing. Like what, What's the first thing that stood out to you once you got settled, once you started to kind of carve out some structure? Yeah, I mean, in the sense of being like a touchy space, I think for a lot of people, but the cost changes quite a bit. Um, and it's not like, oh, come to Mexico, it's super cheap. Like you can, you'll find very expensive things here, just, just like you will find in any other country. Um, but the options for cost ends up being a uh, slightly higher quality in my experience than what you can find in the US. Um, generally, I mean, there are memes that go around about it. Like when you're paying a super cheap cost to live in the US, like you have to ask like, what's wrong with it, right? Like what's wrong with the neighborhood? Like $250 for rent. What like, you're probably hearing gunshots at night and like some other things going on. There's like a curfew, like don't leave your home after 7.30 PM. Um, are there places that are safe that you're paying like a small amount for it's possible, but you probably lose access to certain things like you don't have access to a city or you don't have access to public transportation. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I've like struggled with being in the States, like finding something that I'm not paying in, you know, half plus my my earnings on the place that I live in. Um, it takes it relieves me a whole lot of pressure. It gives me more time and energy to actually focus on the things that I want to focus on on being here. Um, I think the other thing is like general access to food. I feel like when you get into certain countries, um, even certain cities are like this in the States and I'm sure certain parts of Canada are like this as well. Like certain places you're able to access all different kinds of food very easily. Like if you walk outside your door, like you can walk 10 to 15 minutes and you can get just about anything. You can get um, quality meat. You can get, you know, good produce and things like that. Maybe not in like, huge varieties but you can at least like get some basics along your way where at some points in the states like the closest thing you can get to is like a mcdonald's a subway and a burger king um and then you might have to drive take public transportation go a little bit further to get to like a fully stocked grocery store to find produce like food stands aren't really a thing because of some of the regulations in the states you know like you have to have a permit for just about anything so it makes it a little bit harder to find those things and those are the big things for me like in terms of how I want to set my life up. I want to be able to eat really well. Um, I want to be in an, an environment where like my, I can live below my means that, that, that would be awesome. Um, I don't have to like sit down and like put everything on credit. Like that's, that's the other big part of the culture that I kind of don't really vibe with, um, which makes it, uh, doesn't not necessarily difficult, but challenging, um, to, to live in the States because it's, it's a, it's almost an expectation that that's what you do. Um, so the expectations are a little bit different here. Um, I was actually just talking with a couple yesterday and even just, just like how I'm viewed in society, 
Um, I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't play the game. I don't try to like get into the game of like, you know, my, my race changes, like my options and, and the, the things that are available for me, but it's not, I can't ignore the fact that like, there is a particular stigma that is carried. Right. Um, and until I open my mouth and have a conversation, does that stigma start to go away? It seems like here, the only stigma is that I'm a foreigner and like, it doesn't really come with a whole lot of negatives per se. Um, and again, like it's just a, a, a layer of stress that's that's removed. And as I've removed like more of that stress, like I'm able to do the things that I want to do. I'm able to express myself in the ways that I feel great expressing myself in. I think that's like leading me closer to happiness. Like it's that inverse curve, like less less like unnecessary stress leads to more happiness. Like while there should be like some level of stress like in our lives, like stress isn't a bad thing. I'm not here to say that, but there, there's some like chronic issues that we probably don't need to deal with on a regular basis that if we could remove i think life would be better overall that was like loaded with things to like think about and speak on and i'm just trying to like unpack what i'm thinking about first but i mean just like even the part that you brought up about how your lifestyle could change just kind of based on like the different like stigmas that are in your environment kind of thing um like that that is huge. And talking about the access to food, like the other day I was looking around my neighborhood and because like with different changes in the city, like they, for a while it was popular to have those like uh, box stores. Like you go and in Edmonton and we have places called like South Common and like uh, uh, West Common. I don't know. They're all common or this or that, but it's just basically box stores where you can't walk between them. You have to drive or else you'll get like hit by a car. Um, mm. And now they're starting to create communities where it, like the stores, like if you are in a community, there's a grocery store within like 15 minutes walking distance. There's like, a pharmacy. There is all the services that you need and the infrastructure is set up in a way where you can walk which I think is kind of important in like a world where uh, people sometimes struggle to create the ideal environment or they struggle with addiction or they struggle with uh, mm -hmm. not being able to get their energy balance high enough to uh, be able to live a balanced lifestyle kind of thing. Like if they're going to be in a calorie deficit, they have to cut their calories so much because their lifestyle doesn't support them walking that much. It's not that they don't want to, it's just that their building has an elevator and they drive everywhere because they don't want to get hit by a car or um, things are just too convenient, etc. And so like these things that you're sprinkling out there, like it's just um, people take for granted how much their life could change through a change in environment, a change in scenery. Like if you have to go and you get your produce at like a, a food stand, um, that's going to make a huge difference because the food quality that you're preparing and the energy it took to go get it and cook it and prepare it and your almost like your, your sense of stress will probably, um, decrease. Like I saw, I think it was, uh, Jill Zimmer's Jill Zimmerman did a post a while ago and talking about how, if you are feeling anxious or stressed, working with your hands can help with that. And so for a person... Yeah that likes to chop their vegetables or um, bake or just prepare things like that, that can be in a sense like a, a form of like wellness that we would miss out on if we were doing like skip the dishes or Uber Eats for every last meal in our day. And I can imagine 
a lot of people through the pandemic probably fell into that trap where it was just like, well, no other option. I see no other way. Let's uh, get the app, make that uh, order and see that stuff come to our front door. And like the cost difference too. Like then you have the financial stress. You talked about living below your means, like having less stress about uh, putting things on credit and just wanting to be able to focus on the things that matter in life. So hopefully people are kind of taking those pieces out of, of what you're saying. One thing that I wonder is as you're getting this stuff all figured out, when it comes to your own like career, your own goals and aspirations, how do you strategize those next steps? How do you um, come up with your game plan to grow and develop and uh, progress? Yeah, I mean, um, that's been the whole game, right? <laughs> um, I'm constantly working with someone because um, I, I mean, I'm a coach. I, my product is coaching. Um, I work with a coach because I believe in like the benefit that you get from having a coach, right? Um, I believe in the benefit of having an objective view of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Um, it's not that like they're, they're giving me new groundbreaking information. It's that they're someone outside of myself who can look at things like without the, my personal biases and like my particular point of view, um, which creates a huge benefit for me to move past things that I've been struggling with, right? Like if you're in a, if you have a wall in front of you and someone can see that there's a way around it and you can't see that far, like it's not that they like have, you know, something above you. They just, they just have a different viewpoint, um, which I think ends up being super valuable. So that's, that's how I've honestly been setting up like career aspects, like, you know, just working with someone to say, this is where I'm trying to go. Um, working, working cohesively to develop a plan in order to get there. Um, because I think that's the other part about it. It's not just like saying like, Hey, I hired a coach. They're going to like supply me all of my needs and fulfill my wildest desires and goals and all that other stuff. It's like, no, nah, at the end of the day, like I have to do the work. <laughs> um, just like, you know, I say that same thing to my clients, like you're the one doing the work. Like, don't thank me. Like, I'm just here as a guide. I'm here to help you through the process. I'm here to, to kind of help you through those conversations that you've only had inside your head. Um, so that, I mean, that's been the most like beneficial thing for me, like while we've been here is like talking to different people, even like, you know, you like chatting with you on a regular basis has definitely helped me to work through some things. Um, having various conversations with colleagues over Zoom, um, everyone to me is, has the potential to be my coach. Uh, if, you're, if you're talking to me, if I've ever asked you a question out there, like you, you've been a coach to me, I've definitely kept it, <laughs> kept it as something I use to move forward. Well, I definitely see things the same way, which is, I think, why we get along. It's why you're back on the podcast again, just like having that open mind to see what opportunity is in front of us and see how mm -hmm. we can grow through creating like quality, meaningful connections and stuff. Um, when it comes to being coached by a coach, like who, who have you worked with? What's kind of stood out? What's, what have you learned? That's like, just kind of like smacked you in the face. Totally. Um, I mean, so the, the last time we talked, like I said, I've worked with, with Kyle Dobbs, Matt Domney. Um, those two are forever people that I continue to reach out to, um, loads of information constantly helping me see past certain things or confirming ideas that I had. Um, 
they continue to, to regularly be coaches for me. Matt Domney, I did meet in person. He is as a potato as he is online. Um, great, great person in person and online. Um, it's, it's that like, it's that genuineness. That's always, that's always nice to see. Like, it's not just a facade, right? Um, I've also worked with, with Beverly Simpson, amazing person, amazing personality. Um, she's, she did some work on me. She definitely like is a no like games kind of person. Like, listen, like we're going to do this. Um, we're going to get past this wall. Like we're going to push through this goal. And I'm still working through some of the things that, that we went over together. Um, and currently I just, just started working with, with a new coach for like the system side, the programming side of things. And like, we're, we, again, it's super fresh. So like, we'll see how that one goes and excited to, excited to move forward with that. But it's something that I'm constantly doing. I'm looking for the next, for the next one, right? Because it's not even that, like, I, I don't think I'm, I'm at a point where I'm even looking to be like, for answers, not looking for answers anymore. It's, I, I feel like I'm capable of doing all of these things, but I see the benefit of having someone in your corner, right? Yeah. I see the benefit of, of having someone who you can just like bounce ideas off of on a regular basis. Um, and in a field where we're constantly probably taking advantage of for our services, I'm sure like as a coach, like any barbecue, any wedding, any venture you go to, someone is inevitably like spewing out their nutritional practices to you. And it's like, I didn't ask as I take the next bite of my cake. Um, <laughs> like I, even on this road trip, like the amount of people I, I haven't felt in shape, like I've worked out. Yeah. But you know, I haven't just done the things that I normally do. And every time we've stopped and asked someone about food they've always said without fail like you probably don't want fast food and i look around and i'm like who are they talking to like yeah just show me where the next like you know chick-fil-a is i'm fine like just just let, let me know like what's good around here um but yeah it's like it's like people see us whether you know if you've been in it long enough they're like oh you lift like you work out um let me talk to you about like my workout routine and let me help you out and they're not paying you they're not like oh let me venmo you some cash for for your hour of time that i sat down and took away from from you at this bus stop um, but but it's nice to see that within our field like the the people who are around are consistently using the resources right because they see value in it like coaches have coaches Coaches get programming. Coaches reach out to other coaches for advice. And, and that's something that I'm just constantly doing. I'm constantly trying to make sure that the field that I love, the field that like has given so much to me is, is something that I'm consistently giving back to as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that a lot of commonality is just the fact that you brought up Kyle Dobbs. That's that's the template to the show. I like to have a Kyle Dobbs shout out whenever possible. And it's <laughs> nice to hear that. Matt Domini is the way he is. Like, I mean, an account like his, you gotta assume, like, he's not hiding anything. That is who he is. <laughs> like, and I mean that in a good way. If, if anybody ever doubted it, it's just like, I think with him, because sometimes he'll see things in ways that are enlightening for me. Like, I'll be like, oh man, I never even thought about that. Like, some of the posts that he shares because I feel like sometimes I'll follow and connect with people that I agree with on all fronts and then sometimes I'll follow and connect with people where I'm like okay that made me think really critically like the meme -ing. at first I was like, oh man I don't know what I think about the meme -ing. um and then as time went on I was like, okay well I mean as a means to an end this is a vehicle 
to accelerate a person closer to their goals when we're thinking like bluntly as far as creating the environment that we need financially to live a sustainable lifestyle then it makes more sense but before i was open to understanding that i was like well um it just kind of it looks sloppy or it's harsh or it's quick and um it uh isn't as concise and articulate as it could be but as time went on i evolved and i think anybody that's not open to evolving just misses out it's not like they're doing it wrong but they might be missing out and um, also with, with your shout out to Beverly, that's someone who I have had a few chats at length with, like with the Instagram DMS and all that stuff. And like the way she sees things and like thinks things through is like, so like next level, like detailed, like there's, there's tears to everything that she plans out and she has to con like constantly like sharpen her career pencil kind of thing to continue going on on her goal so like when you worked with her like what was something that uh um tested you the most and how did you kind of overcome that that test i i won't lie i'm still overcoming it but i'm i'm definitely moving forward um she said she said a lot of things that resonated with me um but one of the things that i've like definitely kept repeating to myself is to detach from the outcomes. Um, and like, as the coach that I am, I'm very attached to outcomes. You know, if I, if I work with the client, I attached myself to their success. Like, did you go on a walk? If you didn't, oh man, like I feel devastated. Like how, like, what do I need to do in order to get you out there? You know, if I like helped you create a, a structured eating, like pattern and plan, like, and you didn't follow it, it's like, oh man, like, so what am I doing wrong? And it's same thing with the workouts, you know, if, if like we spent all this time developing this workout for you to achieve your goals and you just didn't get it done, like, again, I put the blame on myself. Um, and it's like, um, can I, can you like take that on? Is it helpful? Is it helpful for you to, to feel down on yourself because a client didn't win? or because like something didn't go as planned, even like a post, like you put out a post and it just fell flat. Um, is it is it a part of your self-worth um, to say like the amount of likes I get is like, you know, that should determine like how good I am as a writer or as a coach or as a content producer. Um, and it was like, no, detach from it. Because it's probably the same thing that I tell my clients, like step on the scale, but it's just a data point. You know, don't validate yourself by the number on the scale. Don't validate yourself by the number on the barbell. Again, they're just data points that inform our next move. So when she said detach my, you know, detach myself from the outcomes, I started putting out more content, I feel, right? I'm still trying to organize a way to like put out content more consistently, but I started putting out, like, I mean, you messaged me probably a couple months ago and you're like, hey, is everything okay? I haven't seen you <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that I wasn't around. I was still in there and I was still doing things, but I was like very much so like, I don't know what to put out because like, what is going to be the thing that I need to say to people for them to hear? And I think she, she got me out of my own way um, in that sense where I started viewing the content as like, as the, as the, as tools, 
You know, they're, they're just, they're tools that I'm going to use. And then I'm going to have particular outcomes from those tools. Then I'm going to use those outcomes to make the decisions that I need to make moving forward. What are the questions that people need answers to? Okay, cool. Like I'm seeing that there are more, there are more like responses from nutritional things versus training things. Maybe that means I need to increase the quality of my training content, or I need to um, like change the language of my training content. Um, or maybe I need to up as the amount of nutritional content that I put out because that's where people are kind of, you know, focusing right now. Again, she was able to like help me get out of my own way and focus on like metrics that matter. Um, she was able to, to help me figure out like systems for putting that stuff out because I would sit down for an hour or two and like, well, what does the world need me to say in these characters? Like, and, and that takes up way too much time. It's not the most productive sense of time because at the end of the day, it probably wasn't making me money to spend two, two hours making a post, you know, an hour making a post. Um, and like, how do I relate that to like, how do I make my business better? Like, okay, great. So, you know, am I putting out content with a good message? Like with the message of my audience, like, am I attracting the right people on a regular basis? Am I able to like actually connect with those people and talk with them and solve their problems and the unique problems that are out there? So she was able to just kind of like point out all these areas that that um, I think people attempt to do like on a, on a, on like a certain level. Um, and, she, and she like really broke it down into various systems and it just made it easier for me to understand. It made me more efficient at putting things out, putting things together that I think have been like more helpful for the people that I work with and for others as well. I like it. And I mean, it, it just goes to show like with all facets of our life, having other people involved is like incredibly important. I mean, in the last year or so, I started to virtually see like a counselor where I was able to unpack a lot of like the stuff in my head. And it might not have always been negative things. Sometimes it was just like a jumble of things, like so many thoughts that I had to deconstruct and to be able to tell somebody else, have them organize it and then bring it back to me almost mm -hmm. helped me in all ways, like it helped me personally, but then it also helped me in like how I make my daily decisions and my business and in the content, like after my very first session, my content just changed like a light switch. And I started to catch myself as I started to do things that would typically waste my time. And so on all facets, it's very important to have other people um, involved, whether it be like within the fitness field, or even just uh, having like allied services, like just a person could have like a massage therapist that helps them kind of feel grounded and, and recovered and stuff, or a person could have their counselor or therapist that helps them to clear their head so that they can go with, to things with like a clear mindset. Um, with all of that being said, has there been anything non-fitness that you've tried in the last couple of years? And it could even just be like a new way of cooking. It doesn't even have to be that complicated. Um, non-fitness. And when you say that, you mean like outside of the gym? It could be any way that you take it. Like it could be in the gym if you can't think of anything else. But if there are things like maybe a new way of organizing or structuring your day. Totally, totally. Um, I mean, I think the th one of the things that has worked for me 
really well is I was, I was listening to the audiobook for Atomic Habits and one of the sections in it talks about the catalyst to a habit, um, not being the habit itself, but being the thing that happens before the habit. Um, and I think he uses a story of a dancer who every morning she goes to the gym and how she like sets up her day is that she, she has her clothes ready, it's out, and she goes outside to the curb and she hails a cab. Um, the cab takes her to the gym every day. The habit isn't going to the gym, the habit's hailing the cab. So I, I think starting to, and this is not just fitness, this is probably everything. I've actually like extrapolated this out to everything in my life right now. What's the smallest thing that I can do? The minimal effective dose, the smallest amount of change that I can make for something to, to grow and to occur, right? Like when we look at, when we look at fitness, it's the same thing. Like we're starting with like that bottom end and then progressive overload. Um, I started doing that with habits instead of, you know, treating my, my 315 pound squat for 10 habit, like whatever that is, like, you know, I, I want to journal for example. Um, and I started doing that recently where my journal currently is a one sentence journal because I'm, the, I'm horrible at journaling regularly. Like it's something that like, I, I know I need to change because I think it helps me personally. But anytime I sit down to like write a bunch, I just end up like zoning out, like my mind is somewhere else. So I've been writing a one sentence journal and it makes the journaling habit a lot less stressful and a lot easier to manage. It takes me less than a minute to do. Um, it still gives me reflection over my day. So it checks that particular box. And it's again, forming that habit of writing. And eventually I'll move into like a two sentence journal. I may move into a two minute journal. I may move into a five minute journal, 10 minute journal. You know, I, I may journal before bed and tie it to other particular habits, journal after brushing my teeth at night. Um, my dog wants to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bye. Um, so journal after brushing, brushing my teeth at night or whatever that might be. So I've tried to, to relay that into other things. Like how can I make these things that I want in life easier? And it kind of ties back to environmental design. Like how do I make eating produce easier? Like it's, it's a, probably a, an over-exaggerated one, but I moved to a place where I can find produce easier. <laughs> um, and I mean, like, maybe if like, if health is like that important to someone where it's like, I really need to change this thing. And all that's in your neighborhood is like McDonald's and Burger King. And you have the option of just moving a couple streets down to a neighborhood that has a weekend farmer's market. Like, I mean, that might be all you need to do in order to change that particular habit. Right. So I, I've been trying to break things down into, into what is the smallest thing that I can do to make, to make change. Um, instead of like adding in like extra walking into my day, you know, um, shout out to Dean Guido, who's like getting everybody off their butts and actually walking. Um, instead of just saying like arbitrarily, I'm gonna add in walking, like I'm trying to say like, I'm gonna walk to the gym. I'm gonna walk to go get my groceries. I'm going to like, where, where am I gonna walk to? What would I normally do? If I get coffee in the morning and it's less than a mile away, like, come on, I'm gonna walk and go get my coffee. I, I was talking to a client last week and you know, we, we made the goal of like, you know, exploring a neighborhood. Like that was his thing. Like he loves exploring neighborhoods. And I was like, cool. 
the metric of walking might not really work for this person. Let's talk about exploring neighborhoods. So for 20 minutes every day, you're gonna explore the neighborhood you're in. I don't care if it's the same neighborhood, you're just gonna explore it. And the thing you're gonna do, the catalyst for change is you're going to pack a rain jacket wherever you go. Because I don't want there to be a reason why you don't go on this exploration venture of your neighborhood. Right. And and I think he really enjoyed that. He did a really good job at like it rained one day and I just threw my rain jacket on and I was able to go out versus the the excuse that we all make. Right. It's like, how can we minimize the excuses in life and like cause there to be more room for action? Because I'm a big believer that everything is either it's either an excuse or an action. Like we're either like making an excuse as to why we didn't do something or we're doing the damn thing. Um, so how can I minimize those excuses? How can I make room for more action to get it done? I love it. And you talked about the Atomic Habits book. And I've recently been listening to another book. And I'm actually going to pull up the title because it was that good that I don't want to forget to tell you about it. So on Audible, I actually got like a free book as part of my membership. And it's called Hello Habits by, I'm going to butcher this, Fumio Sasaki. And it's a minimalist's guide to a better life. And so when we publish this, you can go back and and check out the title, but like it's helped me see things in so many different ways. It talks about uh, addiction for people and that could be addiction to anything. It could be addiction to the crazy habits we have, like maybe watching Netflix or um, for some people it is just straight up like beer and Mm -hmm. just having that as something to kind of think through and process and revisit some of the things that I think I'm doing well and realize like maybe some faults in some of my processes, I think is so valuable. And anybody that hasn't checked out the Atomic Habits book, I highly recommend it. Like, I mean, um, within the the compound performance umbrella, there is like the uh, behavior change coaching with um, Gerard and Samara. And I think their presentation, like I really enjoyed it this past, uh, I was in for the Q3 mentorship. And so I got to see their presentation of their, uh, like essentially like lifestyle coaching and just to be able to understand those other dynamics of everything that goes into living our life and that pursuit of happiness was, uh, pretty powerful. And I like you brought up the fact that making a move like in where you live could be, maybe it would be over-exaggeration for some people, but maybe it would be exactly what a person needs. Because mm-hmm. when we think about the investment that we make in personal training, like for some people, I've had some clients that their um, their role in me being their trainer, they essentially paid my mortgage as I was their trainer because of how much of an investment they made in themselves. And so essentially, like if a person wanted to see things through another lens and make a big change in their life, they could just move to the seventh floor of an apartment that had stairs and just commit to take the stairs instead of the elevator. Um, Or they could like just that simple suggestion you made of like moving to a neighborhood that offers a weekend farmer's market consistently. Because I mean, in, Mm -hmm. I mean, in Canada, we have plenty of those. I think a lot of uh, communities, if you look hard enough, they have, these sort of like grassroots initiatives, they have people who are trying to make a go of the the small business and everything like that. And you get Mm -hmm. to know the people who are creating the food that you eat and you get that uh, community mindset, you're making friendships and you kind of get some peace of mind as to what you're eating. And it might sound hippy dippy, but if a person truly wants to make a big change in their life 
and they don't see how it would make sense through like the gym lens or through the getting 20,000 steps with your step counter lens, just change it through environment. Because I think totally. we only get one shot at this thing called life. So we have to set ourselves up in the best way that we can. Um, when we think about like all the things that are coming up before like the end of the year, like do you ever get like anxious um, before a new year that you haven't accomplished some of the goals that you set it to accomplish? Or are you pretty loosey goosey with that stuff? I get anxious every Monday. <laughs> Like, <laughs> totally. Like, it's like, is it the weekend? Crap, it's Sunday again? Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I do. The, the end of the year doesn't really mean a whole lot to me personally, because um, I've kind of adopted the idea that I don't really plan past six months. Like, I, I have a framework for where I'd like things to go. Um, but I don't really think I have a whole lot of control over what happens six months from now, right? Like I have control over what, what happens probably at the end of this quarter at most, I think. Like if I do something today, it's going to like travel into the next, I can do something massive enough to travel into the next three, four months. Could I do something that could travel into six months? Yeah, I could commit a crime and like that could travel into six months from now. Like I can make some really hard decisions and that might travel like later on, but I don't foresee any of those happening in my day to day. Um, so again, like not really planning for them. <laughs> um, I don't know the last person who planned to like be arrested or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm good on that front. So, so yeah, I mean, anxiety, totally. Like I get anxious about, I get anxious about like what I'm going to post today. <laughs> get anxious about like how it does and like where it goes. Like, I don't think those things really go away for me either. Like, like I said earlier, like it's something that I'm working on and detaching from the, detaching from the, um, from the outcomes. But to detach from them, I probably was already attached to them. And it's just this active role that I play, right? It's this active like reframing. Um, I think that's one thing that I even try to get across to clients as well, where it's not that your cravings necessarily go away. It's not that like if you're in the same environment that you've been in, your habits don't really change. I mean, just to reference Atomic Habit again, um, I, he mentioned somewhere in the book that he's like, a bad habit doesn't go away. Like the people who have the most um, like discipline, resilience, um, ability to overcome like bad habits are the ones who try to expose themselves less to the opportunity for those things to happen. They like try to remove the catalyst of the bad habit. If you don't want to go to the gym, don't hail the taxi in the morning just to you know reference that story again, right? Um, if, you, if you don't want to eat junk food, don't purchase it in the grocery store. It's not that you won't eat it ever. Cause I think that's what some people think. Like if I, oh, if I don't have it in my house, I'll never have the option. It's like, what world do you live in? Come on. Like, like you go out with friends, like you do all these things, like life goes on. You're not a hermit in a cave. Like you're going to come across potato chips again. Like you're going to come across chocolate cake and donuts. Like it'll happen at least once a month. And most like the most like social people environment, like, you know, like you're probably going to come across donuts, even if you're just driving down the street on a regular basis, um, not having them in your home is not going to really like cause you the biggest thing, but it's going to limit the exposure that you have to that. Thing, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that that trying to to limit like 
how I, how I view those things is going to help me in the long run. But yeah, anxiety, anxiousness. Yeah. I'm always, always feeling it. Just trying to figure out what I need to do next and how I need to better improve the systems that I have available. Definitely. Well, I mean, I like that you shared that you kind of talk about like anxiousness around social media posts. And for myself, like something that's been brewing for me is just like, I get anxious over making new connections because I hold such a high expectation that I, it's like I want to make more friends, but I'm scared of the idea that what if they don't like me kind of thing. And so that whole concept makes me anxious because I'm like, I don't want to be misunderstood. So I'm going to be very careful about everything that I say, or I don't want uh, somebody to say, to speak ill of me. And so I'm going to try and put out a disclaimer every time that I start a new interaction without realizing that maybe um, most interactions are going to come with the benefit of the doubt. That if a person is just getting to know me, then all they know is what I am showcasing. And if I am showcasing the best version of myself, then I have nothing to worry about. But it's things like that, that kind of like bubble up in my head. And then I see from my perspective, you talking about social media, and I'm like, I have to like restrict myself from making more social media because I just like put it out there, boom, put it out there, boom, put it out there, boom. Because like it was just, I think my use of Instagram has never been uh, for popularity or for growth. Like, I think I've accepted the fact that, uh, I'm willing to make quality connection over growing my Instagram account. Like I'm never going to be a very fast growing Instagram account because of the choices that I make. And I'm okay with that. And I accept that. And so then it totally alleviates the pressure on my content creation. Cause I'm like, four people are going to see this, but three of them are going to hire me or 10 people are going to like this but eight of them would uh, come to my birthday party kind of thing. And like that mm. matters more to me and that's helped me in that process. But like um, if you're hearing from me that I kind of overthink meeting new people, whether it be in a gym environment, whether it be in a work environment, et cetera, like what, what is your perspective on that? Is that something that comes easily to you or is that something that's difficult? Yeah. I mean, it's probably inverse for me. Um, I'm social butterfly. It's, it's interesting. I consider myself an introvert, but everyone says I'm lying. Um, like I'm not, I'm definitely not the classical introvert by any means. I'm an extrovert that loves my own space and time. Like I'm also extroverted with myself, I guess. <laughs> um, like I stranger on the street, I'll talk to you. I'll have a whole conversation even this road trip. I mean, I've, I've, I've like made some really interesting connections, just like driving. Um, I've, you know, we've been in a place for 15 minutes and I know someone's name, like their whole like family situation. I know like what they're trying to do. And again, like, just like the barbecue, they're sharing with me, like their fitness habits and their lifestyle and all these other things. And I mean, I said, hello, <laughs> like, it's not, how did, how did we get, how did we get to this place? Um, in this building alone, like, you know, where, where we're staying right now, like I've, I've had the need to like connect with various people. Um, and not to say that those all turn into 
like really meaningful connections. So very similar to, to like how you're, how you're viewing Instagram. It's not like I make all of these connections, like hundreds of connections, you know, with like 37 K friends. <laughs> um, and like, I only actually know and talk to a few of them. I probably like make 10 to 12, like, which is like, seems like a lot, I think in most cases, like, you know, in a, in a week and like eight of them are, are real solid connections. Like eight of them, I would continue some of them right off the bat. Like you realize like, Ooh, this is not probably going to go in a, in a good direction. <laughs> and you kind of like, you know, just feel your way around that, that situation. But yeah, I, I love, I love making connections with people. I love talking to people, hearing their stories. Like, you know, even on the gym floor, it was that it was, I think one of the biggest things, like I did a lot of the coaching for the trainers that were coming in, like they, they asked me their biggest struggles were generally with sales because like they come in like with this whole knowledge of training and exercise science and wanting to help people and save the world. And it's like, cool, you're gonna have to sell something at some point, like if you actually want to do that. And I, that was probably their biggest holdup. And I think I, I harped on the idea that like, you know, I never really ever sold anything for people to buy something. It was a conversation of like, hey, what do you need and how can I help? And if that person like had a need that really fit like what I was offering in terms of training, I was there. But if they just needed a spot, I was there too, right? If they just needed like the five best foods for weight loss, I was there for that too. Um, if they needed like for me to look at something that they were doing, yeah, I was there for that too. And like of the, of the people that like were there for that need, there was a couple people that I could help a little bit deeper. And I, and I just couldn't continue that relationship, but on the surface, like it looked like I was just there for everyone. <laughs> right. But there were a couple people that like, we definitely went deeper in with, but yeah, I'm, I'm very big on like just meeting everyone that's around me. If I'm in a room of people and everyone's really quiet, like I'm probably the loudest one in there. Like I'm talking to everyone in the room, um, vice versa. If everyone's super loud, like I'll just kind of sit back and watch because like, you know, just let them do their thing. Like I don't need to like make more hustle. Like it's happening. It'll come to me. Um, but yeah, social media for me is definitely that hold up where, I'm like, oh, am I, am I saying the right words? Am I doing, am I doing the right things? Um, is someone going to judge me on it? And it's, it's a weird like inverse relationship because that's def definitely not how I am in regular life. Like I'll look at my wife and I'm like, did I say something reckless? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, I think you're good today. <laughs> that's funny. Or it's like, oh, maybe I'd avoid saying that the next time. I'm like, ah, it wasn't that bad. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's uh, it's cool to get that perspective. And I do kind of think that you might be you're you seem very extroverted to me. So I'd be curious to see what happens if you take another one of those little personality tests. Like I took one recently and it like had cartoon pictures and like a detailed description of like how I operate in friendships and relationships. And mm -hmm. it, like it made a lot of things in my life make sense. I was like, whoa, well, that explains that. Um I have a little bit of closure now, so this is nice. Um, and a lot of it just uh, just through my own personal experiences, just like the standard that I hold. And like the whole, the survey said, like I uphold an unrealistic standard for the things that I expect to happen sometimes. But the awareness mm -hmm. of that is helpful for me. It's like closure for me to understand, okay, I'm either going to have to work my ass off to meet this or give myself a bit of a, a head shake and think how can I adapt this to uh, to reframe things and to be kinder to myself I guess whether it be in my career goals or personal goals etc 
um, to kind of bring this episode to a close and to keep us on track for time, oftentimes I get my guest to give a challenge of the day. And so if you're going to give the audience a challenge of the day that you think would uh, change their life, what would it be today? All right. So you said that and I immediately remembered the last challenge I gave. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm going to repeat that one, but something I'm going to try to think of something new. Um, I mean, the last one that I gave was to try something that is genuinely uncomfortable. Right. Um, a lot of people will say, like, you know, be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. What does that freaking mean? Like, if you're comfortable being uncomfortable, you're not uncomfortable yet. Like, try something that you don't actually want to do. Like, not something that you're willing to kind of try, but something that like you viscerally like respond to, and your body says no. Like, try try that. Obviously, not. Don't make it reckless. Like, keep it safe. You know, <laughs> keep it lawful. <laughs> um, but the challenge, I think, a challenge for folks would be to. Find an area in your life where you're not making the choice, where something else is choosing for you and actively make the choice. Um, An example of that could be like, if you drive home from work and you always choose to eat at the same place, you no longer make that choice for yourself. Choose Choose where you wanna eat, whether that's at home or at a different place. If you always get the same thing from a restaurant, you're no longer making that choice, right? in our regular day-to-day, I think a lot of choices are generally made for us, where we live, what we wear, what we eat, who we're friends with. Choose a friend that you might not have chosen before. Choose to talk to someone that you might not have chosen to speak to. Um, not just someone that like, you know, I think we're, we're big in our, in our space right now on people that open your mind to understanding and people that like you resonate with. Maybe choose someone you absolutely disagree with. Like, it's like, I, I don't know what I would relate in here, but like maybe choose to have a conversation with that person. Um, but whatever it is, like make, make a choice that isn't just like, you know, something that is already guiding you, even if it's something that you would have chosen anyway, like, I think that's fine too. But if you're actively making that choice, I think being an active participant in your own life ends up carrying a lot of value and super important. I love that. And I mean, like, I can attest to the fact that, like, if you keep a few people around that just, like, aren't going to be on the same page as you, you're still going to learn something from them. And they're still going to add value to your life. And um, there's going to be a lot of things that make your life better about that person to to keep them around and to kind of lean into the the disagreements and the growth that comes Mm -hmm. from kind of getting out of, like, making a choice. Not no longer Mm -hmm. leaving the choice up to repetition, but to actually being like, okay, like now I'm going to go back to doing A or B, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But with Mm -hmm. that being said, I'd like to thank you so much for for coming back on the show. It's been great to have you back. It feels like it's been too long. Dude, thanks for having me. It It was awesome. It's always a pleasure.